Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Anti-Wedding Wedding Club podcast. We have a few updates for you before we jump into this week's episode, which is going to be about jumping the broom. So 2020 has been hard, you guys. <laughs> Navigating the current world, my own world, my emotions and needs through this has been a lot, and I've not always done a great job at it. And I know I'm not the only one. I love this podcast. I love these topics, but I also feel like I bit off a little bit more than I could chew in regards to weekly episodes, interviewing, editing, promoting. It all takes a lot of time, and that's on top of my regular career, the nonprofit I work with, the man I'm trying to date, my social life, time for myself, my dog. Well, it's it's just a lot. It's a little bit too much, I think. I also feel like I'm not able to promote the episodes enough for you guys to get what you need out of them. So that being said, I've decided two things for the baby pod. First is that we're going to drop new episodes every other week, so two episodes a month. This will allow me more time to get these done properly and give you better content. Second is we're going to break up the year with a season, mostly around a traditional wedding season. This will allow me to plan out each season better do interviews beforehand, and honestly just curate the topics. So each season will be April through November with 16 episodes total. These changes will allow me not to burn out and will give you something that I think is more useful. So we're going to be continuing this year through the end of November. We will then take a break and get through the holidays and plan out season two, which will launch the beginning of April 2021 and in hopefully a much better world than we are in today. Anyways, hope you guys are okay with that. I think that it will be better for all of us in the long run, and I'm excited to continue this journey with you all. Let's get into today's episode. have rituals that are integrated into wedding ceremonies to celebrate heritage and pass down customs to another generation. That being said, some of these rituals can have a convoluted origin story. Jumping the broom seems to be one of those rituals. So what is jumping the broom? It's a traditional act performed after the vows are exchanged with the newlyweds holding hands and jumping over a broom to seal their union. This tradition is very heavily steeped in the African-American culture from the slavery era in the U.S. Before we go further, I would like to note that I am discussing this topic as a white woman and that I am simply going over research that I found while looking into this tradition. I would love to do a deep dive into the Black community's relationship with this in another episode, so if you have knowledge on this or any other traditions that are key to the Black community, please absolutely reach out to me on Instagram or over email. I would love to talk to you. So as I mentioned before, the history of jumping the broom is a bit convoluted with several conflicting accounts about the origin of this ritual. Some state it was born of the Ashanti region, or I'm sorry, the Ashanti kingdom, which is now Ghana in the 1600s. 
where brooms were used during ceremonies usually waved over the couple's head to ward off evil. Others state that it originated in Wales with the Romani people, also known as gypsies. Roma weddings were not recognized by the church, so this type of ritual was practiced as a way of showing marriage called a besom wedding, a besom being a type of broom. The oldest records that show jumping the broom in that sense being used as marriage rites date to around 1700s, early 1700s in Wales. There's not a ton of information, and not surprisingly so, we're not in Africa. I don't know that a lot of historians cared as much about other cultures and preserving that kind of information. So there is not as much from, you know, Ghana, from other places that state that this was a thing before the transatlantic slave trade happened to the U.S. For Wales, there is a lot more information from the Romani people. Um, one of the things is, is a besom wedding. A broom was placed aslant in a doorway for a couple to jump over. They had to jump over it without touching the broom to be married. And then by the beginning of the 18th century, broomstick weddings were apparently very widespread in Wales. There are also records of jumping the broom being a way to defy witchcraft. If you've listened to my other episodes, you know that many people were highly superstitious back in the day and that wedding rituals and traditions are actually generally cemented in some kind of warding off the evil. And according to an article published in the Journal of the Gypsy Lore Society in 1908, it stated that the broomstick is emblematic of evil and witches and that jumping over it symbolized wedded love defying evil and witchcraft. We'll get into this, but do we know where it really came from? Not really. Most likely, it came from both. States. Some say it was from the transatlantic slave trade, though Alan Dundas, a folklore scholar, disagrees. As he states, there's no recorded instances of this in Africa pre prior the slave trade. Others say it's through 18th century British migrants that the folk ritual made its way to the United States. This coming from Tyler Parry, a historian of marriage rituals in the African diaspora. Regardless of which it is, over time, the tradition has been somewhat divorced from its Welsh roots, if that is where it came from. In America, its history has now come closely associated with the Black community and slavery, extending into today, where people have reclaimed the tradition for their own. So, as I had just mentioned, personally, I think this ritual likely came from both places. Many traditions and cultures tend to mimic other cultures, sometimes without us even realizing it. An example of this for me would be pasta. I'm part Sicilian and pasta is a very big part of my culture, of my family, and one of the ways we identify with the world. You know, you're Italian, you eat the pizza, you eat the pasta, like that's what, you know, that's what we're known for. Um, however, the first noodles pretty much came from China. And through migration, pasta, or what it was a very long time ago, 
was likely introduced to Europe through Turkey and the Middle East on the trade route. So does that mean that either culture is right or wrong? No, not at all. We are all connected in a lot more ways than I think we realized, and this tradition is similar. That being said, though, in the United States, this tradition is very much not a part of all of our cultures, and more so a part of the Black community's culture. There's a couple of articles that I was reading, and there was one that was posted in Ebony that stated, you know, I think it was in 2017, said, you know, the white community should not be using this symbolic tradition because it's not theirs. I think that's, it's a tough conversation, right? To, you don't want to appropriate somebody else's culture, but at the same point, most cultures at some, you know, point kind of ebb and flow into each other. I do think that there are some exceptions. I do think this is one of those exceptions. As a white woman, I would not feel comfortable taking this tradition that is very deeply rooted in a very horrible time of our past, and that was used as a way for enslaved people to show love and marriage because they were not legally allowed to get married. And, you know, at least for Americans, I think that this tradition lies within the Black community and should not necessarily be used for others. If you are Welsh and you're in Wales and or you have a Romani past and, and that's something that you want to do because that makes sense for your culture, I think that's a different thing. But for Americans, at least, I do kind of think that this tradition is is definitely not for everyone. So... During slavery, many slaves were not allowed to get married legally. The reason for this was because marriage gave a couple rights over each other, which conflicted with enslavers' control and claims of the people. I still cannot believe we actually did this. It makes me sick to my stomach to even think about. Um, but it's, you know, it's a very real part of our history. As we all know, we are still dealing with it today. So in the absence of any legal recognition, the enslaved community developed their own methods of distinguishing committed unions. The practice of jumping the broom served as an open declaration of settling down in a marriage, and it was always done before witnesses as a public ceremony. So this is something that was very important and deeply tied to the communities at this time. As time moves on and slavery is finally abolished, this tradition does fall out of practice for a while as a lot of people were allowed to legally wed. In recent decades, some black communities in America have reclaimed the slavery era tradition for their own. Dundas credits Alex Haley's 1970 book and 1977 miniseries about slavery roots the saga of an American family for the resurgence of the marriage ritual as featured in a scene in Haley's story. In the 1980s and 90s, Ebony and Jet magazines often wrote about the tradition, with interest in the tradition culminating with the 1992 book, Broom Jumping, A Celebration of Love, by Danita Roundtree Green. While there are different feelings about the tradition, in modern-day ceremonies, many in the Black community have begun to incorporate jumping the broom back into their ceremonies. However, there are various reasons why a Black couple may decide not to jump the broom. Some people believe that's archaic, and do not like its ties to slavery. Others may simply just not want it to be part of their ceremony. As with all of these traditions, it's a personal choice. Mm -hmm.
So before we end the episode today, I want to go over a few things so people actually understand what jumping the broom is. So when does jumping the broom happen in the ceremony? After exchanging vows and saying, I do, the officiant will either provide a prayer, a poem, or a brief explanation of the meaning of jumping the broom, and then the broom is placed on the ground and the newlyweds jump over it. Who places the broom on the ground? Anyone can place the broom on the ground. There is no traditional person who takes this on. However, a couple may choose a significant person to take on this responsibility if they would like to. Where does the broom come from? The broom can be a family heirloom that is passed down through generations. It also can be purchased or made by the couple, family members, or someone significant to the couple. Brooms can be bought at a craft store and decorated. Several online retailers like Etsy sell pre-made brooms or customize it for the couple. What does the broom look like? The broom is not a typical household tool that you have in your home. It's usually three feet long and has a wooden handle with natural bristles. According to Harris, a bridal um, historian, most brides customize their brooms. The broom typically has silk ribbons, flowers, intricate beading, or lace. Some couples have guests write their names on decorative paper to attach to the room before being used in the ceremony. This symbolizes the guests and their well wishes for the couple entering a marriage. So it could be used as a, uh, you know, another form of a guest book if you would like to do that. What do people do with the broom after the wedding? Many couples save the broom as a keepsake for their wedding and pass it down to future generations. When the wedding is over, you can hang the broom as a beautiful decoration and a symbol of your union in your home. All right, everyone, that's it for today. If you have any other information on today's topic that you'd like to discuss, please, please reach out. Also, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Baby Pod on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get this out there, and that's how we do it. All right, guys, see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.